Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elisha. Not knowing what he said, while he was staying, saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with all of us today as we gather on this Sunday of the Transfiguration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When we dig into these gospel stories, it is important to think about the context out of which they come, especially this one about Jesus and Peter and James and John making their way up on the mountain. Previously, Jesus had invited all 12 of the disciples to go away with him, and he gave them authority over demons and the power to heal disease. On another occasion, prior to this, he took the disciples away to Bethsaida. But the crowds heard about him being there, and they went to be where he was, and he ended up feeding 5,000 of them. And again, Jesus went away with the disciples and questioned them, Who do you say that I am? And then we come to this story, where Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, Come away with me. All chapter prior, Jesus had been trying to get away from the crowds, get away to pray, to reflect, to plan his trip into Jerusalem, where he knew what was coming, suffering and death. We aren't told why. Only Peter, James, and John were invited to go away with Jesus. Perhaps it was because he saw in them their boldness, their loyalty, and their commitment to the cause. Sort of makes me wonder if I would have been chosen to go with him because of my loyalty, my commitment to the cause. And then a strange thing happened. As Jesus was praying, he was changed 
from the paleness of the world into the dazzling white of glorious heaven. And we are reminded of that Old Testament lesson in which something similar happened to Moses when he came into the presence of God. His face shone brighter than the sun. But the disciples, Peter, James, and John, saw Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. It seems as though those two Old Testament giants were counseling him, giving him some advice, perhaps, on how to accomplish the mission into Jerusalem. That mission, which was going to include his rejection, his unjust trial and conviction, and, of course, his suffering and death. And Peter, James, and John didn't want to leave. They didn't want to come down from that mountaintop experience. They wanted to stay with Jesus and Moses and Elijah, and they even offered to build some shelter for them so that they could stay out of the hot sun, just be there in the presence of Jesus. Let's just stay here, they said. And then there was this voice that came rolling out of the, of the clouds that said, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to Him. And the context of this chapter then continues. They went back to the world and saw Jesus heal a man's only son. Jesus then said to the disciples, Let these words sink into you. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. You need to be there with me. Being true to their humanness, they began to argue. About what? About who was the greatest among them. So Jesus taught them about suffering, about hospitality, about following him to and through the events in Jerusalem, no matter what. Voices from the past, Moses and Elijah. A transfiguration, a voice of God, and a lesson from the kingdom. This was some retreat, some mountaintop experience with Jesus. And so I have to ask at this point, so what? So what? What in the world does this story with all of those symbolically even crazy events about a transfiguration and all the surrounding events of the time of the day, what does it have to do with us in 2022? What does it have to do with a people, a church, a country, as we watch a terrible war unfold before our very eyes? What does it have to do with us, a people who are staggering out of a pandemic? What does it have to do with us, who continue to deal with the cancers and the violence and all of the injustice that we see happening all around. 
There are at least three times in this chapter that Jesus goes off to pray and invited his disciples to come away with me. You and I are invited to come away with Jesus each week to this place where we hear the voices of Moses and Elijah and Isaiah and the psalmist and even Jesus. They, those words echo through our readings, through our liturgy, our songs. And of course, we always hear the gospel, the words of Jesus himself. All of it, all of those words, all of those things that we do and see and taste here prepare us for the joys and the troubles of today and the joys and troubles still to come. We come away with Jesus to this place. And we are encouraged then to follow him back out through those doors into the world with the good news that we have heard. We can't stay here as much as we might like to. We can't stay here with our great music, our soft chairs, our sacred fellowship. No, like Peter, James, and John, we have to leave this kind of mountaintop experience, this weekly event that we are called to come away to. And we have to go back with Jesus to the world and prepare it for what is to come. Suffering and death, yes, but joy and resurrection, too. A long time ago, I preached a funeral sermon that had as its title... How do you look in white? You see, each of us will be the recipient of that promise in heaven. We will have a change of wardrobe, a new, white, dazzling robe like Jesus had on that mountain so long ago. The dirt of the world, with all of its disease, with its warring madness, with its injustice, will all be washed away by the sacrificial blood of the Lamb of God. And that voice, which Jesus and the others heard on the mountain, we can still hear it today. It is the invitation to come to this table and hear the words, This is my body. This is my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Each time we are here, God pulls back the veil just a little bit more so that we can have a glimpse of the future that God has prepared for us, a future which is in God's hand. And we see in that veil that is pulled back a vision that after all of the brokenness that we experience here, wholeness will come. That after all of the suffering that we and others experience here, healing will come. That after all of the world's injustice, God's holy justice will prevail.
that after all of the ugliness, purity will shine. And that after a short time in the grave, new life will spring forth. After our time here each week, we follow Jesus back into the world with the holy words that he gave to his disciples. Words of hospitality and welcome. Holy words of grace and healing. And as we go back out there into that world, sharing our faith that God walks with us even through the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death and into the glorious company of the saints in light, we go with each other, we go with God, and we go with the community of believers all around the globe. I don't know who said it, but I hold it close for these troublesome days. It's this. Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. This war, it won't be the last thing. Our illnesses, they won't be the last thing. All of our troubles, they won't be the last thing. For resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Come away with me, Jesus begs, and we are oh so glad to go. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.